All right, we're good. So welcome back everybody to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. And today uh, I have a special guest with me. Um, I have Riley James. Um, probably Riley, uh, not to offend you from the from the get-go, but you're probably the whitest person I've had on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. We need diversity. Yeah? Hey, yo, hey, yo estudio espanol in La Escuela. There you go. There you go. We're good. That's it. You you check the box. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but Riley is a. Let me give you some adjectives to describe Riley before we get into the conversation. Oh no. With him, I just for you know for everybody listening or watching, I don't know him. Like you know, I've met, I've seen him a few times here and there at the Dynamo Stadium. Um, but it was only like high by type of deal, you know. Uh, but to what I've have gathered by just you know looking and watching and maybe going through his Instagram for a minute uh I've noticed that you know Riley is a reporter he's a podcast host I actually listened to the one with Tarek uh, sports guy oh, LA you. guy but the good LA not the bad LA like Louisiana LA yeah. not LA California LA and he's a long commuter <laughs> I know you know about commuting a lot and also yeah. one of the things that I like about you you know, like from, you know, a guy to another guy is that you dress very well. And I like that. Well, like that. a lot of things to unpack <laughs> right there, but I thank you so much for the last compliment. Um, they, they say dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And you the ultimate goal is to be on television one day. So to present myself in that fashion uh, is definitely a goal of mine. But yes, I commute from Lake Charles, Louisiana to Houston, Texas. It is quite a long trip and the late nights are, are not not my favorite but there is like a certain romance into this i'm gonna look back on when i'm older it's like yeah i really wanted this so bad i would drive until 2 30 a.m to get back home and just it's it's cheaper just to go in and out of the city same day than have to stay every single game so it's it's worth it in the end that's commitment man and i commend <laughs> you for that because i mean i drive 30 minutes and that's a pain that has some <laughs> Oh, I 30 minutes 30 yeah. minutes doesn't even get me to Beaumont <laughs> that's great you, you you barely like leave the state like if if you get to leave your state uh but talking about your state let me tell you two things that I've known about Louisiana like in my whole life so okay. I worked for a couple that they were from Louisiana I think they were also from Lake Charles that's where you're from right yeah yeah I think I think they were from Lake Charles I'm not sure though but it was Luke and Carla and Luke would always call me Bubba so to this day, I I call my son Bubba, and I call everybody Bubba or Bub, and that's like one of the things I, I got from a Louisiana guy. And then the other thing that I know from Louisiana is the show Swamp People. <laughs> it's one of my favorite <laughs> shows. <laughs> it's a good show, man. It's a good show. But you know, oh my goodness, can you can you tell you know us? the non-Louisiana people, what is it like growing up in Louisiana? Is it like swamp people or, or not really? Well, first off, I'd like to address swamp people real quick. <laughs> I got so many, especially since I cover Major League Soccer and there's not really any Louisiana representation, I get asked all these questions. So you're not the first one to ask. All right. Swamp people, not a representation of how I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen you, alligators. I've, I've been in you, the water with alligators. When you talk, there's no subtitles under you. There's no subtitles, oh, yeah. as you can see. <laughs> yeah. I am vocally trained, though, which oh. is, you know, it's a little bit different from most Louisiana <laughs> people. But Lake Charles has this, like, really interesting thing where we really don't have an accent. So you go down, farther down I-10, you get to New Orleans. 
New Orleans is like a super Creole Southern type of a Cajun flavor. Baton Rouge is super Cajun. And then you get to like Lafayette where it's like this really deep French heritage. And then you get to Lake Charles where we talk like we're from Texas. And I think that's kind of where I fall. But growing up in Louisiana, man, it's it's different. It's it's hot. We get one week of cold weather a year. Spring is a day. I mean, you know this living in Houston. Like, it's weather's absolutely all over the place. And we had that ice storm earlier this year where it was, it was 16 degrees, 17 degrees. And a couple of days before that, it was 70. And a week after that, it was 65. Like, man. you never know what to expect. But overall, just in Louisiana, you get questions like this all the time which is, which is, I'm happy to answer any questions about the but, state. But it gets annoying. But you really get, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. It's, it's an opportunity for me, for me to talk about the state that I love. Uh, I, I grew up, obviously, a huge college football fan with LSU, right down the road in Baton Rouge. Um, my family has season tickets, so we get to experience that every single season. Um, the, the only problem with Louisiana growing up is there's no soccer representation, like I mentioned uh, a, a little bit ago. I was pretty much the only person in the city to like venture out and like find soccer apparently and like people come back or i come back and, and people are coming up to me like what'd you go do i'm like yeah there's a soccer team about two hours down the road and they're <laughs> like pretty legitimate their stadium's very nice and, and and everything like that but i mean it's just being a lone wolf you get lonely sometimes watching soccer matches which is understandable because you're the only one um but you know those those early saturday mornings watching the premier league those late late Sunday nights watching MLS in Seattle in Portland. So it's just finding that balance of like having those friends in the community around the country, but also you're going to have to tough it out a few times by yourself. And that's perfect. Cause my next question is how did you get into soccer? You know, cause being from Louisiana, you got LSU, right. you got football, you know, that is the thing. If not, it's baseball. Cause I, Luke was really big into baseball, but you know, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I segued for you, which you're welcome. <laughs> Podcasting is really, really hard when you don't have a natural segue. But uh, getting into soccer, I mean, I got into soccer like most people, like a World Cup. You know, most people, it was 2010 with Landon Donovan and scoring that goal against Algeria. For me, it was 2014. And that goal, uh, Clint Dempsey scored in the first minute against Ghana. I was I was hype. And then John, uh, John Brooks with the goal against Ghana at the end to win the game. Like it was just these incredible moments um, where you get sucked into like this really national pride and this nationalism when it comes to American soccer. And then you really see him play against Portugal and you get that banger from Jermaine Jones and you go up against a powerhouse like Germany and you don't win the game, but you get through to the round of 16 anyways. It's, it's, it pulled me in so much so that I watched all the way to the World Cup final. Obviously, you know, Messi fell a little bit short. So that's the closest he's ever gotten. But the first game I watched post-World Cup was Teddy Henry's Red Bulls in Philadelphia against the Union. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> this is not international soccer. They have sponsors on their jerseys. And, like, the Red Bulls, like, I knew them. But, like, Philly, they have Bimbo across the chest, which I didn't understand <laughs> was a company at the time because I was 13. But, like, understanding, like, there's different leagues around the world. We have our own thing in, in, in America that's not really that old but, like, unique and kind of like became its own thing and now is globally recognized as like it's a legitimate league kind of at least we're not a retirement league anymore like we produce really really good players obviously Bayern Munich thinks so that they bought you know half of the half of the FC Dallas Academy basically but um it's just I found that I never let it go and then eventually you grow more and more you get more knowledge when it comes to um 
you know, European leagues and you, you get into the Premier League more, you get La Liga, the, the, what is the Champions League? Oh, you find all this information. And then by the time you, you get to all this, it's the Euros and you get yeah. sucked into the Euros. And then the Copa America Centenario we had in 2016. Like it was all these different things that kind of combined together. But the 2014 World Cup was the start. And do you have like a favorite team that you follow or is it just soccer overall in a way? Like you watch uh, the best teams or... So when it comes to Major League Soccer, it's not like I don't keep it a secret that I love Orlando City. I kind of fell in love with them in 2015 with Kaká and the color purple. Obviously, the color purple is a huge thing here in Louisiana mm -hmm. with, uh, with LSU. But like they really embraced this grassroots types like situation when they're in such a touristy city with Disney and, and um, you know, Universal. Like it's a really touristy town, Orlando is. So like this whole grassroots thing where like this is just for them and don't tell anyone, but also tell everyone. <laughs> and Kaka comes in and like it brings a lot of excitement. They're playing New York City for this first game. I watched that game. I'm like, I really, really, really love this Orlando team. Let me follow them for the rest of the year. They're new to the league. I'm new to the league. It just makes a lot of sense timing wise. And off camera, when that red light goes off, I'm an Orlando City fan, but I understand that it's my job and it's my duty as a reporter and as someone who gets to talk about soccer on, on podcasts and radio and, and, and television and stuff. When that red light goes on, it's team A, team B. It's no Orlando this, Orlando that. It's no playing favorite. It's, I understand that they weren't very good for a long time, and I'll be the first one to say that, as opposed to this past year, they had a fantastic run in the MLS's back tournament, and then ultimately uh, the, the playoff game against – New York City, which was just insane by itself. But, like, I understand the, the, the separation between the two. Mm -hmm. But I follow Orlando City. I mean, obviously, the U.S. national team is, is it's very, very popular in America. But, like, it's I think it's my favorite thing to follow in soccer, which I think is probably most people's, their national team. I wish it happened more, obviously. But in Europe, I mean, it, I didn't really get to pick, quote-unquote, a Premier League team. But, like, I like – I really like uh, – Chelsea, since Christian Pulisic's been there, it's been really easy to root for him. I like Thomas Tuchel a lot. You know, the whole – my first couple of years in soccer was Barcelona with Neymar and Suarez and Messi, like that whole thing. So I don't really have, a, like, a quote-unquote diehard team outside of Orlando City, but it's been, like, a culmination of a bunch of different things. I have a lot of favorite players, you know, that I really love watching them internationally and uh, with the clubs. So it, it allows me to be a neutral in a lot of games, which is really, really fun. But, like, it's uh, it's always going to be Orlando City for me. That's tight. And also, you gave me a good segue. Uh, into <laughs> how did you get into reporting? Because, you know, you went from, like, kind of, you know, like zero soccer in a way, right? And then how old were you when, when you got into soccer? Like, around what age? Like, when I first started watching soccer? Yeah, when you were like, oh, this is like to 2014 World Cup or whatever. So 2014 World Cup, that was June of 14, so I was 13 years old. Yeah, so you were you were older, you know? Because I, I, I understood the significance of what I was watching rather yeah. than like watching like the 06 World Cup where I was five. Yeah. Like I understood that this is a big deal when I was 13. Yeah, because a lot of people, I mean – you know, a lot of soccer guys usually, like, they start off from, like, really, really early. Like, oh, my mom and my dad used to take me to go play when I was three or four, you know. But it's interesting because you don't see a lot of teenagers, like, switch from, like, I don't know, like, one sport to another or something like that. But it's cool. And it's cool that, you know, going to the segue, 
that you kind of like became or wanted to be um, not a reporter per se, but like follow the sport as a, as a, you know, I guess as, as a reporter, but how did you, when did you, when did that come into your head? And you were like, you know what, I'm going to take my passion for maybe Orlando or for soccer itself to like the next level. Oh, uh, okay. So <laughs> you, you had this whole thing about like finding soccer when you're a teenager, I'm going to take you to a completely different sport with football. So Super Bowl 51 was in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was you know, obviously New England and Atlanta, that famous Super Bowl. But the media week leading up to it, I had talked to my dad. And I'm like, hey, I really want to go to this. This is I'm, I'm 16. We're finally, like, it, it's finally back in Houston or New Orleans. It hadn't been in either one of those cities for a while. Those are the two most successful cities from Lake Charles. So I convinced him to go to Houston. And there are Super Bowl people everywhere. Super Bowl media, Super Bowl you know, like Fox had like TV village for all their shows. Obviously Radio Row is such a big deal. And it was this very large production. And I was caught up in the awe of everything. And to make it pretty sweet and simple, I made a declaration to my, to my father, I am going to do this one day. Like, this is really what I, what I want to do. So fast forward, that was, in, that was February 2nd of 2017. My first game covering Major League Soccer was downtown Atlanta at the old Bobby Dodd Stadium before they moved in to Mercedes-Benz, July 29th, 2017. I was 16, scared out of my mind, wow. threw up multiple times in the parking lot, <laughs> walking. <laughs> so nervous I was, man. It was, it was so crazy. It's crazy. Walking into the press box at 16, 16 with a credential around my neck, covering a nationally televised game between Atlanta and Orlando. And I mean, uh, that's when I like first understood the separation between the two. And I walked in, I'm like, just everyone's everywhere. There's John Strong and Stu Holden in the corner. You know, the two guys who, who really kind of brought American soccer into my home. You know, John Strong was just like getting huge with Fox. He was the number one guy at the time. He, him and, and Stu Holden had just linked up for the, for the first season. It's like all this is happening. And I was absolutely terrified. So somewhere between February and July, I had like finagled my way into to being a reporter per se. But like my first run in with like being a personality was in December of 16. I got brought onto the MLS Aces podcast and I did 74 shows with Tom Sweezy. It was a wonderful experience. Really got my feet wet, feet wet in this industry. But like, the day I became quote unquote a reporter and the day I felt legitimate was when I covered Atlanta and Orlando. It was one, one draw, spicy one, one draw in their second ever matchup. Uh, Kaka had a worldie from like 30 yards. You know, it was, it was wonderful, but like, that's the day I really kind of considered that I was legitimate. That's tight. And how did you get into podcasting? Cause that's also part of maybe like part of the media, you know, world, right. but it's like a different side of view, you know, cause I've heard, you know, like I said, I, I so he has a podcast. If anyone cares, that's <laughs> actually the name. If anyone cares. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the thing. <laughs> right. And uh, I, you know, me myself, I tried to, before I started, you know, this, I wanted to do something similar to yours, you know, cause I'm interested in like talking to people and, you know, listening to their stories. Cause I, I find that fascinating. Like, Cause you get to know people and you're like, Whoa, like, you know, you see them, but you don't really know them, you know? And, and like, there's right. so much backstory, you know, in their past. And you're like, Whoa, that's, 
you can see how their past kind of influenced to you know the person they are at that moment. Um, so how did like how did did you branch out from like being like a soccer reporter and like covering soccer and going out to stadiums and doing all that to like having your podcast where you do kind of something different? Is that part of like the same thing? Is that two different things for you? How do you see it? So like I like I said, the MLS's MLSS's podcast came first. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the first thing I did in media. And it was, it was such an interesting moment in time because like I didn't really know what I was doing and it was very confusing and scary. And like you're 16 years old, expected to be smart when people like when you're on the air, people expect you to be smart because you're on the air and people made the choice to listen to you. and you know especially in that format a podcast format they can't see how old you are they can't look at you and guess your age it's literally just your voice and I really struggled for the first couple months doing it just trying to get my feet wet trying to get in the flow and trying to understand what's going on and then right when I get to that February so a couple like three months in I hit that Super Bowl media week and I really made a push that like Yes, I love soccer and I love talking about soccer and that's going to be what starts me off in this industry. But I started, if anyone cares, about six weeks later after I went to Houston. So like I went through the the six weeks, what it takes to get a podcast up, essentially, you know, the show art, the music, the all the things you have to go through as far as the RSS feeds and everything, not to get too technical. And then two weeks later, we finally got a show plan and got it up eight weeks from the date I went to Houston. So if anyone cares, it kind of became my own little passion project became like my child in a way where like it's completely me MLS Aces is Tom he started it there's a blog that was like in existence since 2015 I joined on as a podcaster and like was his co-host quote unquote this was my show if anyone cares was mine and it started off in April of 2017 and had a great run with that first show and there's some issues that happened some, some things that were um you know, some things got confused. So ended up that version of the show ended up dying as far as what the show was, what I wanted it to be, the show art, even like all the way down from like the show art and the music changed. Mm -hmm. And then a year later we had a quote unquote rebirth, you know, if anyone cares 2.0, which is the current iteration of the show now, which is about to hit its fourth birthday in a couple of weeks. The the 2.0 is about to hit its third birthday, but the show overall is about to hit its fourth. And I just wanted to take what I was doing, like a segmented show to talk about stories and kind of share stories. And I wanted to talk to people. And you mentioned you listened to, to Zarek Valentin's episode, episode 51. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had him on because I was super intrigued by his whole story and, and being kind of traded around, having to move all over the country and even out of the country to play soccer and play the sport that he loved and chose to do. And I would have never known Zarek was super into basketball if he wouldn't have told me right off the jump. Like that was like a super interesting thing. But it allows me a place to interview comedians and musicians and teachers and athletes and like orthodontists, like all these different people that you interact with every day, but you don't really know what goes into their job, what goes into the person. Like you mentioned, you see them, but you don't really know them. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to focus on like specific kind of field but like everyday people doing their job and you may not know like the person when you click on the episode and I know that's like a deterrent for a lot of people I don't know this person so I'm not gonna click on it my whole thing is 
take a chance on the show and you're going to find out something incredible every single show about a person. Every show may not be as great as like the next because you can't have a perfect show every time. But at the end of the day, it's going to be this, you know, it, it's going to be something great from each episode that you can take away because these are everyday people. I interviewed a Yugoslavian refugee who came to America like, you know, during his, his 20s and 30s. Like he was displaced. He went to, uh, yeah, he went to Germany. He went to Switzerland. Like he was kind of bouncing around and ultimately decided to come to America. Like that's such a wild story that like this dude was in Yugoslavia. They had a war. He had to leave. And then he had to figure out what he was going to do. His visa was up. Okay, let's go to America. Like that's not an everyday person story. So you got a couple of those mixed in there. But like if anyone cares, it's a place where it's me but it's also, let's find out about other people. And I think that's probably the best way to describe it. It's whatever it needs to be that week is, is the joke of the show because it's so different week to week. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I, I, I love it. I've only heard one episode, to be honest, but it shows like that are like the shows that I listen to the most other than crime shows, right? <laughs> right. Loves, uh, crimes. And, that uh, is a sweeping genre that is putting me putting me on my toes to make me work harder the crime mm -hmm. genre because I, I mean i'm not gonna go find murderers and try to interview them. <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy i'm <laughs> i'm currently listening to uh it's called chicano squad and it's about a police squad that is made of of chicanos of like you know uh sons of mexican uh parents and but it's from like houston so that's the only reason i'm listening to it now because it's like you know close to home but but yeah you know, if everybody's watching or listening, go go listen to uh, Riley's podcast. It's really good. If anyone cares, that's the name of it. Uh, and kind of going into that same transition wheel that we're on. Uh, so you talked about, um, so I get this is like a two-part question in a way. So you talked about, you know, this is going to be more of your attire because, you know, first of all, let's go straight, straight, to the, straight to the point. Where do you get your little flowers things that you put on your, on your jackets. <laughs> I love those, man. I they see were... them and every time they're like a different one. <laughs> <It's so cool. laughs> they were a gift um, from someone very, very special. I won't, I won't give away the, the, the person because it's, it's very, very personal to me, but I got them as a gift. And to, to honor that person, I, I wear them every single, uh, with every single suit, everything, every single time. The only time I don't wear them is, is funerals because I feel like that's a, a, a tad inappropriate. Or like, <laughs> if I do, I'll wear like a black one on a black suit where it blends in really nice. But um, no, that's became my thing. Like I talked to this boxer, his name's Cam Awesome. He's been on the show several times. He, he'll be on the next episode of uh, IAC. But like, he's like, hey, you got to differentiate, differentiate yourself and like make a thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to like become, be you, but like have a thing where people can recognize. and you know, you're going to have kids one day, if you ever get that far, that like see that and like emulate that and like be you for Halloween. Like it's, that's a huge, huge goal at the end of the day. But like, I have a thing that you pointed out and that's, I'm, I'm thankful you brought it up. Those flowers on the, on the lapel, that's what I've chosen to do. And it's, it's a way to show my style. It's a way to show my personality. It's a way to, for, for me to honor my past. And also, I mean, it's just a nice little pop of color. And I wore one today. I wore a white one today. 
hey. with uh, a little white pocket square. It was, it looked good. <laughs> it looked good. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it looks good. And, and I mean, now that you mentioned it, you do stand out. So, I mean, it works. Cause that's the first Thank thing you, I saw when I saw you, I was like, Hey, I like that. That's kind of cool. Like, but you know, you were like, I wonder how I would look with one of us, but then like, <laughs> probably can't pull that off. Just leave it to him. You know? <laughs> I was gonna wear one tonight, but my like, dad's a little bit too dressy. I was I was actually expecting you to wear it, and I was gonna be so excited because I was gonna hit it straight from like the get go. But it's all good, it's all good. But you were talking about um, going also transition. You were talking about how you dress for you know dress for what you want to be or where you want to be, right? So where do you want to be? Where why are you dressing up so much? What what's your future looking like? Where where are we gonna see you on TV? What channels? What's the- What's the best way to answer this without taking all my options off the table? Right. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, the, the end goal is television. But where do you want to start? Like, I look at it like my I graduate college from, from Full Sail University. Shout out Jets. Go Jets. Um, the I, I finished there on June 4th. Today I graduate. And after that, it's like a big question mark. I don't really have a solid plan going forward. I don't know where I'm going to be. I'd like to still stay like around Houston, but that's not really my choice to make at the end of the day when it, it's the best opportunity for me. I'd like to still stay around Houston be around the Dynamo, maybe some other Houston sports with the Texans and the Rockets and the, the Cougars. But, you know, that's, that's not for me to, to decide right now. Mm-hmm. But where do I want to be? The end goal, I always tell people this, the end goal is either Bristol, Connecticut or Los Angeles, California to be on ESPN or to be at Fox. Fox is really, really great their their innovations over the years with like the score bug you see on the television box was the first one to do that people were so so afraid for a long time if you put the score on television people weren't going to stay and then fox did it and now it's a staple of television when you look at every game there's a score bug and then espn also is the worldwide leader in sports like they're such a huge industry and they provide so many different things but fox has the edge a little bit because of their soccer content. We talked about John Strong and Stu Holden a while ago, Alexi Lalas, Rob Stone, like all of those guys, which all, by, by the way, Rob, Alexi, and uh, John Strong have all been, if, if anyone cares. So if that's interest you at all, mm. go listen to, you know, John Strong's podcast or Alexi Lalas' podcast or Rob Stone's podcast. You can find them all, if anyone cares, wherever you get podcasts. That's a shameless plug, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. But moving, <laughs> moving back to the, the, to the question, I would love to be at Fox because a lot of the people I look up to have been there, but ESPN is just as enticing because you do have John Champion and Ian Dark uh, and, and Taylor Twelman, like the soccer guys you look at. Ala, Alejandro um, uh, Alejandro Moreno. That guy. Like those guys. Or Hercules Gomez. Like all these dudes that, that are into soccer and talk about soccer on such a large uh, sports programming like channel like it's incredible so espn fox cbs has got the champions league i think that'd be really awesome cbs not bad you get to wear the little uh little eye right here in the on the jacket that's <laughs> awesome man you see uh, and then of course nbc has the premier league so like any one of those man i want to work for one of the big four obviously abc fox espn and uh and nbc uh that that's the end goal but wherever i go immediately out of college is going to be an absolute blessing and i'll be i'll be happy to take almost any job that's offered i really really kind of want to get my feet wet on like the super professional level with the you know i have a bachelor's degree i'll have 
four years of experience kind of doing this kind of stuff. So I really, really want to push forward to be on um, one of the main four networks. But to start off, it's kind of, you know, a big question mark right now. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what my my next six months are going to be like. And I mean, it's all it's all up from here, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, we. I mean, me. Obviously, I'm very amateur, you know, of course. But I see you, and I see the way that you know you handle yourself, and that you put yourself out there, and I, I see the potential. So, if I was NBC or ABC or whoever, you know, ESPN, I would put you on TV, bro, with a, with a little flower. Just make sure you Thank have a you. flower always. <laughs> thank you even though i tripped over a couple of names and words in the in the answer <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's I'm, all good. I'm sorry ali moreno i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you're nervous it's okay <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's a big show i'm on cuatro cuatro dos <laughs> yeah. so um dang i was gonna tell you something um before we get into the dynamo there is a video i think one of the first videos of first things that I've saw of you when like, you know, I saw you at the stadium and then I think somewhere, you know, I found you on Instagram or something. And I saw a video of you that you were outside, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Reliance stadium, I think it is called now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Old Reliant, NRG, whatever it is yeah. now. Exactly. Oh, are you talking about the Mexico? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know, if you haven't seen the video, I don't know if you have it somewhere posted. Yeah, it's, it's at Riley James IAC on, on Instagram. It's, it's pretty easy to find. It's yeah. just me outside of NRG Stadium. And I think it's on Twitter somewhere. It used to be my pin tweet. <laughs> it is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because he is, so just for context, if you haven't seen it yet, but I urge you, if you're listening or watching, to go stop right now, go watch that video. You will laugh. But Riley's basically covering, I think, Mexico and who, who else is playing? It was the uh, CONCACAF Gold gold cup quarterfinal between mexico it was like the first game was canada and haiti and the, the last game was mexico and costa rica mexico and costa rica. yeah and mexico had won on like these insane six round penalty shootout you know choa saved the last penalty like it was this wild game and these people were excited these people were <laughs> intoxicated these people it was late <laughs> people were having a good time so Riley over here is trying to trying to talk you know he has a little mic and you know he has a little camera in front of him and he's trying to like you know be all professional as a professional would and then you just see like a hundred dudes come up to him and just kind of like touch his hair and like kind of hug him I was so mad about the hair dude the hair looked excellent that night they came and messed it up immediately but you you handled it like very well because you know you stick to your to your Whatever you were saying, you finished it and I'm like a true professional, man. I, I lost it there for a man. second, dude. I had no idea what I was supposed to say. It was so funny. It was the funniest thing ever. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Go check it out. But let's go ahead. And I will say, I will say, hold on, before we move on from that, those two ladies at the end were my favorite. I ended up talking to them. They barely spoke English, which was, <laughs> which was fantastic at the time because I didn't speak very much Spanish like I do now. Um even not, I don't even speak that much Spanish, but I speak more Spanish now than I did back then. Um, the two ladies at the end were just so in awe of the the setup we had. And like they, they loved my camera guy. They absolutely loved him. <laughs> and <laughs> they were just trying to ask me a bunch of questions. The language barrier was there. I had been in NRG Stadium for about seven hours at that point, so I was exhausted. It was just a wild time, dude. But thank you for bringing that memory up. I, I, 
I bring up that video all the time because it's my favorite portion of my job. It's, it's just dealing with that kind of stuff. It's one of the funniest things I've seen for sure. I always, Not any of them spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, like, the funniest videos on the internet is when, when, like, reporters are trying to do something and, like, something happens and you're like, this is, like, compilations of those are, like, my top favorite, like, recommendations on YouTube. Like, just reporters, <laughs> something happening to reporters. So I'm glad you're part of that compilation of, of videos. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the Dynamo since, you know, we, we talked about soccer so much, but, you know, let's kind of keep it short because there's not much to talk about. <laughs> they had a pretty bad season last time, last year. And this year they kind of look promising, I guess that could be the word. How do you see them? What are your expect, expectations uh, of the Dynamo as a, as an, as a Louisiana guy, as an Orlando guy? <laughs> so I've been covering the Dynamo. This will be my, third or four, this would be my fourth full year covering the dynamo so i first full season was in 2018 i covered a couple of playoff games in 2017 when they were playing against seattle and portland but like this is my fourth year so i've had three four years or two in a pandemic year full seasons with dynamo i know what to expect i've been you know i i've been here with tabra almost the whole time like i kind of know what is going on and you know they made some moves they, I know they resigned Adam Lindquist today, which is huge. He's one of the most underrated uh, fullbacks in MLS. Uh, they, they brought in some players, man. I, I am just so incredible to see Darwin Quintero in season two and what he can do under a full offseason with Tab Ramos. Obviously, we have um, the missing – like, we have a really big missing hole without Mo Monotas. He's 20-year – or 20-goal-a-year kind of guy, 15-goal-a-year kind of guy. So it's going to be interesting to see how they replace him. Uh there's so many question marks when it comes to the team about what they're going to do to replace Marmonotas' goal count, what they're going to do in the midfield to provide balls up to the the attacking three, if it's going to be an attacking three, if you're going to go down to two or one, like what is Tab going to do? The back line, you know, it, it just have – you don't really know what this team is. And it's going to be fun the first couple weeks to like build this identity and kind of understand what this is. Um, you got Marco and goal and that's, that's a start. You know, he's had a fantastic first season last year. I know you said they were one of the worst teams in major league soccer, which they were, I mean, statistically they were bad, but you showed a lot of promise last year and it comes down to the goalkeeping position. I think he was phenomenal in the, in the, in the games where he like, he dictated the game. Cause a lot of those times the goalkeepers can't really, if there's a breakdown of defense, there's not a lot we can expect from the goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. So like the moments where he was put in a position where it was on him, he came up big 85% of the time, which is pretty much as good as you can ask him in an MLS goalkeeper. But just overall, it's a question mark. Cause I mean, a lot of these guys, if either played together for a year, two years, or haven't really met before camp. So I don't, honestly know what to expect but it's gonna be really fun to watch the first couple of weeks i know that the opening game we mls opens up with houston and san jose on national television i think it's on Unamas or Unavision, i believe so um it, it's it's gonna be exciting so I, I wish i had a better answer to your question but no one's really seen them i know they're really good in preseason but that's you know they're beating up in tulsa so it yeah. doesn't really matter the best team in tulsa is oral roberts right now so <laughs> take it easy 
All right. Uh, is there any players that you're looking forward to, to watch? Like, for example, me, myself, I am looking forward to Tyler Passer out of everybody. I don't know why, yeah. but I think he, if they give him a chance, I think he'll, I don't know. I don't even know the guy, but I don't know. Right. Maybe because his name sounds funny. Tyler Passer. <laughs> Who knows? I am looking forward to, like I said, Don Cotero in year two with the Dynamo. Um, Zarek Valentin in year two with the Dynamo. Obviously, he was a, a big addition last year. Uh, but I want to see minutes for Ariel Lasseter. You know, his Dynamo debut was a brace. He had two goals. Mm-hmm. He came on. He changed the game. Uh, he didn't really get an opportunity after that. I know he started a game and, and didn't play particularly well. But, like, you need to give a guy more than, what, like, he got 80-something minutes um overall in those first couple games he gets subbed out in his first start like you, you need to give a guy more time to be able to develop in your system I think he's had you know a, a pretty good offseason from right here I'm looking forward to seeing Ariel Lasseter in a more expanded role whether that's a starting role maybe a, a super sub off the bench every game who's to say that's that's obviously up to tab but I would love to see Ariel more cool all right man I mean we got a dynamo is, is just that, a big question mark for now. So I yeah. think we're just going to have to find out when we watch them live. <laughs> and yeah. Time. I mean, <laughs> when you have like six weeks of, uh, of um, training camp, you don't really know the preseason scrimmages really don't mean anything. It's a basically a brand new squad. You, you just don't know. You got pretty, you got consistency at the fullback position, which you haven't had. Um, look, I love DeMarcus Beasley as much as the next guy. And I, I promise you, this is not a, a, a thing to slander him. DeMarcus Beasley is like your number one left back for a lot of those years. Aren't, isn't really a good representation of how good your team is because he's played in MLS and Premier League and all these other leagues for such a long time. He's been a great player. He wasn't really a quote unquote top left back in the league. You may know who he is. Now I have his jersey right here in the closet. I, I think now that we're getting past the Marcus Beasley era, you're going to see a lot of guys who are really, really good in their positions and allowed to play a lot more free game. And whatever that means, it's going to be really exciting to watch. To be, be honest with you, the, the big question mark is really hanging on the team. Like, I know the team's a question mark, but like the overall question, is this team good to make a playoffs? Like, is, is it good enough to make a 14-team playoff, seven in each conference? I know it's really going to be interesting on decision day when the Dynamo don't actually play a game. That's going to be really wild to watch. And I know for me, I'll get to sit at home and watch all the games at once, which is going to be exciting because I haven't done that in years. But like the the biggest overall question, is the team going to make the playoffs? That's all anyone ever cares about. No one expects to win the Dynamo or the Dynamo to win MLS Cup this year. No one expects them to win. So maybe it's that the perfect opportunity to make some noise yeah. or are we going to be watching the MLS Cup playoffs from home again? So Hopefully overall glaring question for Tad Ramos and the boys. Yeah, man, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> it's going to be scary. Like, um, I also hate the fact that I'm sure you know the schedule, but the fact that they don't have us a rivalry week against Dallas. Ah, yeah. I, hey, that Austin game is going to be lit though. But yes, kids still lit. Kids still say lit. I'm 20 now, so I don't really know what kids are saying. Well, it's gonna be, it's you're, gonna be you're, dope. You're a kid yourself. <laughs> you're making me feel bad. I'm 20. I just turned 29. I hurt my soul. Oh, man. Okay, man. Hey, hey, 
three words for the Dynamo this year. I know we had talked about it in 2018. Queremos las copa. Yeah. yeah. Queremos? Yeah, you get it. There you go. Queremos. Yeah, I see it behind you. <laughs> hey, man, I've been taking, I want the other I've been one. Taking, been taking Spanish for 334 days. I'm doing my best. Hey, you're almost there. Almost to a year. You're almost there. Almost to a year. It takes you quite a long time to master language, but I think I got a pretty good foundation. Right, you'll, you'll get there, bro. We, we can practice. <laughs> we can practice. But uh, so, Riley, you know, I'll, you know, I don't take any more of your time. But can you, you want to let people know where they can find you, they can hear you, where they can watch you, and and all this good stuff. So many things to promote. Uh, at Riley James IAC on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, there's a link in that each bio where it has like a link tree thing because link tree is one of the best things this is not a an ad read but link link tree allows you to put all the links to everything you do so i put at the top is my documentary that i made of my trip in last august we went to montana colorado south dakota like all these different states went 12 different states in nine days with 13 guys it was one of the best things i've ever done in my life we made the documentary a five-part mini series chronicling that trip it's called a nine day story. It's available with the link in the bio. It's literally the top tab. I'm now a staff writer for MLS Aces. I write every other week uh, articles about the weirdness and intricacies of Major League Soccer. Not so much technicality of what a soccer ball is and how to play, but you know, talk about some of the weird things going on in the league and what makes the league so different from every other league around the world. Obviously, we had talked about if anyone cares. Uh, it's available with that link. You have Apple, Spotify. Google Play, like all the major ones. Wherever you listen to this podcast, you can find my podcast if anyone cares. And then last but not least, R&R. It's a show I do for Dynamite Media Network. Uh, it's every other week, every other Friday. We just kind of shoot the breeze and have a good time, man. But at the end of the day, it's all about uh, it's all about understanding balance. Because, I mean, I just listed off a lot of things I did. It's all about finding the balance and, and understanding to take some time for yourself. But yeah, those are all the things that I do. And I would just want to keep a reminder that, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, what's going on, uh, how busy you get, make some time for yourself. Cause I, I work a lot and that's been something important for me, especially over the pandemic and being in quarantine for the other part of last year, understanding that I have to make time for me and, um, and really kind of take those moments and, and really understand that it's not all about work, not about reporting, not all about soccer, about podcasting, everything but um, really taking time for you. But I say all that after I say, go listen to all the stuff I do for money. <laughs> right. Hey, and after you go listen and watch everything, take a break and enjoy yourself, guys. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe take a break with me. Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? Maybe you can listen while you take a break. You know, yeah, a little mental vacation <laughs> for you. We'll take you on a journey and, and tell you about a Yugoslavian refugee. Yeah, I mean. Who's to say? That sounds, that sounds relaxing. <laughs> or Zarek Valentin and his time at Akron. <laughs> hey, why not? You know, I mean, you got so many personalities on, on that show. It's, it's crazy. We have to get you on, man. This is uh, this is good stuff. But yeah, man, Riley, thank you so much for, for coming on, man. Uh, obviously, you're you're a busy man. And uh, thank <laughs> you for, uh, for joining us from the other side of the state line, from the other side of Beaumont. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. Other side of Beaumont. <laughs> Dude, I went to Beaumont. I'm going to put that in my Twitter bio. I'm going to put that in my Twitter bio. The kid from the other side of Beaumont. <laughs> it's Beaumont is far, bro. I went to Beaumont. That's oh, I know. I know. It's far. I know Beaumont's pretty far. 
<laughs> but but yeah, yeah man. Um, but yeah, everybody, if you're listening, if you're watching, go check out Riley's stuff. Also, go check out Cuatro Cuatro Dos on Twitter and Instagram or whatever, uh, the YouTube channel. Also, if you want to help a brother out, patreon.com slash Cuatro Cuatro Dos. You can help a brother out there. And other than that, man, thank you so much. Thank you for taking your time and, you know, Hopefully we'll watch on TV one of these days, man. And we'll we'll see you reporting on sideline or something. Well, that hopefully that's the case. But I'm I'm excited for the upcoming season. I'm excited to see you. Hopefully we can develop more of a, a friendship in the press box. That's what's up, man. We'll 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 shoot the shoot the shit, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Oh, man. We are out. Thank you. Goodbye.